five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Sitting in the hot desert sun You've been told You'd be on the run Down to Egypt To Pharaoh's town To Rome and Spain And many other lands But you open your door To tired men Lonely passes by And angels from heaven Your kindness and your care Were known far and wide A father of a nation Your soul is alive Abraham Are we the children that you dreamed of? Are we that shining star Call you a Venu Our Father, our bride, we got your soul inside. Take us all, take us all. Every test Now look a small show In the Midwest A child was born Just the other day And all those gathered there Heard his mother say All oh, it's been three thousand years And we've been fighting Father of our people, your dream is alive. Abraham, are we the children that you dreamed of? Are we that shining star you saw at night? You know it's true, we still call you.
אחינו כובש ישרבובה, הנסונים בעצור ובשיביון, אחינו כובש ישרבובה. Oh, 
J.M. and the A.M., a time of unity, a time of unity among our people, a time of unity among uh, humanity as we um, endure the latest that uh, has been announced regarding the coronavirus. And things seem to be getting a little bit more serious before they get better, so we are hoping and praying that everybody who is ill around the world has a speedy and full recovery and all of us should be protected and take all precautions necessary to be protected from this um, from this virus. Achenu, that was um, the folks at Dirshu, Yaakov Shweki's Mamin, you heard Avraham by Eighth Day, DRS with Mehera, Kanfin Sharim performed by Simcha Liner, and from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday on this March 12th of 2020. Day number 16 in the month of Adar, the year 5780. Today was supposed to be the first day of the uh, Sarachek tournament up at Yeshiva University, but things have been uh, changing dramatically over the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. And there will be no basketball tournament up there this weekend. Hopefully it will be rescheduled and uh, played in its entirety at some point. Um, 43 degrees here in New York, 60% humidity, winds are north at three miles per hour, mostly cloudy and a high of 50. Then tonight, rain, low of 46. Tomorrow morning, rain, a high 68. Tomorrow, Yeshiva University still scheduled to play their, uh, their Sweet 16 game in Virginia. So we're hoping that'll happen at two o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. And, um... Tomorrow morning, Friday, we are expecting Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, to join us as well. So we hope to have a full complement of a regular Friday show here at JM in the AM. 72 in Yerushalayim, 43 here in New York City, as we say good morning at JM in the AM. 
A uh, couple of interesting guests this morning. Yitzchak Relkin's going to be in. He's in charge of Flopbush Chametz Gamach. We'll explain what that's all about uh, coming up um, at about 7.40 Eastern time this morning. And Rabbi Pesach Kron. Today is the day that we finally get to speak to Rabbi Pesach Kron. He's going to be uh, in our studio in the 8 o'clock hour. His book is entitled At the Magid Seder. Stories and Insights of Grandeur and Redemption. And the Haggadah Shal Pesach takes on new meaning this morning as the Haggadah of Rabbi Pesach Kron will be discussed <laughs> here at JM in the AM. And we look forward to seeing Rabbi Kron. We haven't seen him in quite a while. Very much looking forward to it. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM with Joey Newcomb.
שאין כי צהור, תני לי עולם חסדון, הודו לשם כי
Shame in the AM with Yehuda Green and Nigun Moshe. You heard Amechad from Ari Goldwag. Shalshelis Jr. had Rananu. Chuasam from Shlomo Katz. Why Yehudim from Ari Boyanju. Barry Weber had Yachad and Joey Newcomb. Kiel Yalom Chazdo. Words to remember during these interesting times. Thursday morning in America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. One o'clock in Israel. It's a six-hour time difference right now. One o'clock in Israel. I thank everybody for gathering here. It is a good place to gather without any worry about uh, about infection, about any worry about, uh, about um, catching anything that anybody else has. It's good to be together here at JM in the AM, and I thank all of you for tuning in. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast, 1 p.m. newscast next. בהלת הקורונה, מזכלית הסתדרות האמורים יפה בן דוד קוראת לראש הממשלה נתניהו, יש להורות על סגירת כל מוסדות החינוך בארץ. מנכ״ל משרד החינוך שמואל אבואב מעביר אצל אמיר איבגי, בתום הערכת מצב, אין צורך בביטול הלימודים. כל הנימוקים האלו מובאים בכל פעם, בכל הדיונים המקצועיים. בסוף יש ממשלה ששוקלת את כל הדברים. מה המשמעות שמחר לא יהיו בבתי הספר? והסתובבו ילדים צעירים. ומרגע שמשהו מתקבל, צריך לבצע אותו. ואי אפשר שכל אחד יהיה פרשן. כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש מעדכן כי בתום הערכת מצב מחודשת במשרד החינוך, הוחלט להורות לתלמידים לשהות בקבוצות קטנות במהלך ההפסקות, לאסור על יציאה לטיולים וסיורים בהם יותר ממאה תלמידים. יושב ראש מרכז השלטון המקומי חיים ביבס מצהיר ביומן הצהריים בהתאם להנחיות אנחנו נערכים לבטל את אירועי יום הזיכרון ויום העצמאות אין כינוסים מעל 100 איש, ההחלטה היא מאוד ברורה לא יהיו אירועי מה שנקרא יום השואה והגבורה יום הזיכרון יהיה, המלצתנו זה מצומצם בלבד רק משפחות שכולות ולא יותר מ-100 אנשים וכמובן אירועי יום העצמאות, המשמעות של ההחלטה אם היא לא תשתנה עד אז המשמעות שאין אירועי יום העצמאות עכשיו זה רשמי, הנהלת היורוליג הודיעה על הפסקת הליגה עד להודעה חדשה. עם הפרטים כתב חדשות הספורט אורן פדידה. בהמשך לבקשת ארגון השחקנים של המפעל לעצור את עונת המשחקים בשל ההכרזה על נגיף הקורונה כמגפה עולמית, בהנהלת היורוליג נענו לבקשה והחליטו על עצירת המשחקים לזמן בלתי מוגבל. לפני זמן קצר דווח כי שחקן ריאל מדריד בכדורסל נדבק בנגיף, וכל השחקנים ואנשי הצוות הוכנסו לבידוד. עוד בחדשות, בית משפט השלום בחיפה דחה את בקשתו של קצין המשטרה שירה למוות בסלומון טקה לבטל את כתב האישום שהוגש נגדו, לאחר שטען כי כתב האישום מוגש ללא סיבה סבירה ובשל האווירה הציבורית העוינת. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר שמשפטו של הקצין יימשך כמתוכנן. מכאן למזג האוויר יעשה אביך מהערב צפויים ממטרים מלווים בסופות רעמים וברד בעיקר בדרום הארץ ובמרכזה מהלילה כבר סוער ברוב אזורי הארץ שימו לב חשש כבד מאוד משיטפונות בנחלי הדרום והמזרח רשות הטבע והגנים קוראת לציבור להימנע מטיולים בשטחים הפתוחים ובנחלי הדרום כולל הרי אילת, הערבה, הנגב וים המלח אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד עכשיו בגלי צה"ל.
you ever known pain? It cuts like a knife through your heart. Have you ever known shame? It makes you hide out in the dark. And I wanna know why life can be rough. We all are enough. Show me it's possible to never give up. Never ever give up. No, never ever give up. Let's stand together, you and I. As one or better, just give it a try. Fire and ice, both in our souls. We're all unique. Always hold just a piece of the puzzle in his great scheme.
Very nice luncheon, isn't it, Mrs. Feldman? Very nice, very nice. <gasps> Why? Do you see who's sitting over there? Where? Over there. Oh, It's right. Helen. Tell me, dear. Do you believe that terrible, ugly story about her? Certainly. <laughs> What's the ugly story? I don't know. I thought you knew. I don't know. I thought you knew. Well, believe me, it's true. <laughs> Mrs. Feldman, you look wonderful. That's a beautiful tan. Were you away? Yeah, we went to Aruba. Aruba? Where's that? I don't know. We flew. <laughs> That's nice. Say, I have good news, darling. Sydney and I are going to Europe. Europe? Big deal. I was born there. <laughs> Listen, I hear your husband had some problems with his business. Uh, I hear that a crooked partner stole him blind. That your husband had to fire the account and raise some fresh money. It's true. On top of that, I heard uh, he had a terrible season, a flood, a fire. The employees were not on striking him. Mm, It's true. Yeah, but I understand he got a new partner with a lot of money. He settled the strike and he collected the fire insurance. Uh, Business is wonderful and terrific, huh? Then you heard about it, Mrs. Feldman. Yeah, but this is the first time I'm hearing all the details. J.M. in the (laughs) A.M. Yeah, it's the month of Adar. Still got a laugh. Uh, Coming up, Rabbi Pesach Krohn's going to visit us. At the Magid Seder is the brand new book. We'll talk about it in the 8 o'clock hour here at J.M. in the A.M. Before the uh, comedy segment, you heard... Macha Bracha from Shmuley Unger. You heard Eighth Day with We All Belong. Oh, and you had the Aryeh Kunstler with Imesh Gachech, of course, in that uh, in that segment as well. Hey, don't forget that the Nefesh Benefesh mega event has been canceled for Teaneck, New Jersey. But remember that Nefesh Benefesh is going to be online virtually with a mega event this coming Sunday. Go to nbn.org.il. Go to nbn. .org.il. They'll have virtual mega sessions. You'll see the schedule there online. 
And there's a registration form. You could officially register, and you can get your Aliyah started in a virtual fashion online as opposed to the big mega event that was scheduled for this coming Sunday. Check it out by going to nbn.org.il. That's nbn.org.il for all the information. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H, Abel's and Hyman, Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausages, and Deli. They're the world's best. They're serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today and a big hello to our friends at Abel's and Hyman from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. It's Dovi Shapiro at JM in the AM.
השאיר שם בנערים, יושבת לה בדף, אני נמצא במער, ליבי הוא בטח שם. עולה אני אליה, מנשק את אבניה, הולך ברחובות, נרגש מהאורות. אשכחך שוב לא אזכור דבר יותר, שלום בין חומותייך, אותך בלב שומר. בין אורות ודמדומים, בין תפילות הנשים, אני נמלא געגועים, רק לך ירושלים. לעד ירושלים. השקיעו שם בנערים, שוכנת לה לבד. הראש אולי רחוק, אבל הלב מרגיש ליד. שוב לא אזכור דבר יותר, שלום בין חומותייך, אותך בלב שומר. בין אורות ודמדומים, בין תפילות הנשים, אני נמלא געגועים, רק לך ירושלים. של נחושת ושלום, הלו לכל שירייך אני Oh, wait, no. 
JM in the AM. Benny Friedman with uh, Esau Ana. You heard Amr Madar before that with Yushalayim. Dovi Shapiro had Zeh Al Zeh on a Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Plenty coming up, including Ray Pesach Krone. He's got a brand new book. It's called At the Magid Seder. We're going to Facebook Live our conversation coming up uh, starting at about 8 o'clock Eastern Time. At the Magid Seder, I Pesach Krone. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio to enjoy a 15% discount. Again, promo code radio to enjoy a 15% discount. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. We learn in this week's parsha. Speak to Bnei Yisrael Lamor, saying, Ach es You should keep my Shabbos. Ki Because it is a sign between me and between you. for generations. Lodas ki ani Hashem To know that I'm Hashem who makes you holy. The Gemara tells us in Mesecha Shabbos, Whoever delights in the Shabbos, whoever has Onik Shabbos, Hashem gives him a boundless portion. The Gemara continues that the reward for taking pleasure in Shabbos is specifically the Nachla of Yaakov, not of Avraham and not of Yitzchak, but of Yaakov. As we learn, it says in Breshis, there is no boundaries for Yaakov's portion. The Zerashim should ask the question, how can we understand this Gemara? How is it possible for a person to have an inheritance without any limits, without any boundaries? Even if you give the individual the entire world, there is still a gvul, there's a boundary. And if many will delight in the Shabbos, how can they all get this without limit? If we're talking about Olam Haba, then the Zerashim should ask, what's the Chiddush? It's Belim Mitzarim. All of the desires of Olam Haba that one gets, all the things that we are going to enjoy in the future, are believed Shur or believe Kitzvah, without any measurement. Rabbeinu explains that the Midas HaChesed, that the great loving kindness of Hashem is that Hashem wills it that there should be so much benefit to the creation that it's limitless. However, the Midas Adin, the divine attribute of strict justice, doesn't want that chesed of Hashem, that it should prevail. The only way to prevent that is chas for there to be a kitrig, a force that tries to dispute our deserving all of those brachos. But when a person's inclined towards ruchnias, towards spirituality, for the benefit of their neshama, then there is no kitrig that has any power whatsoever. When Shabbos comes along, all of these klipos are hidden. All the bad things are covered up. The Zayar says, Mizmor Shir Lioma Shabbos, on the day when the mazikin, anything that could cause a person harm, is out of the world. That's why it says, Kol whoever 
is not only guarding the Shabbos, but rather a person that is ma'aneges a Shabbos, that takes delight, because the Ikra Kavana is the main idea that a person shows that he wants to enjoy the Shabbos, even though Oneg usually has the connotation that a person does something that gives him pleasure, but since if this is done, covered Shabbos, so in such a case, it only helps that the world is protected, especially at this time. This special observance of Shabbos, and even to bring in Shabbos a few minutes early, gives us a nachla bimli mitzarim, an inheritance without boundaries. It protects us and protects the world. May we all be ma'aneges Shabbos. May we take great delight in Shabbos, and may the Shabbos protect us all. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM on a Thursday morning broadcast. And guess what? Purim was Tuesday. Shushan Purim was yesterday. Guess what's next? I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, frankly, but the reality is that Pesach is right around the corner. It's the next major holiday, and uh, many of you are considering how to prepare for Pesach, when to start preparing. Many of you probably are preparing already. Yitzchak Relkin has a unique way of preparing for Pesach. He runs a chametz gemach. You've heard correctly, a chametz gemach that's based in Flatbush, Brooklyn, uh, since the year 2000. In uh, in that period of time, since then, he's collected and distributed 36,000 pounds of extra chametz that is normally thrown away as families prepare for Pesach. Then between Purim and Pesach, as he's collecting all of this, he instructs people to uh, pick it up so that they'll have it and uh, to sell it with their chametz so that they will have a more enhanced pantry in their own home once the holiday ends. Yitzchak Relkin, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, and thank you so much for, for having me. A pleasure. So this is a unique idea, although may, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. Maybe there are others who do this, but it sounds unique to me where you're actually spending all this time over these weeks Collecting chametz, I would assume anything is eligible, anything that falls into the chametz category. Yes, what I do is I focus on non-perishables, packages that have never been opened with uh, mainstream recognizable hechshers. Canned goods, yes. I would guess. Yes. And whatever people want to get rid of that's sealed and that's uh, you know reasonable to pass on to somebody else. Yes, what happened is about uh, in 2010, I was doing my own Pesach preparations and I was walking to the store and it was trash day and there was just a box out on the street. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? So I took the box, I sold it with my stuff, and then after Pesach, I, I gave it away to a family that I knew that wasn't doing so well. It was like a case of food. Yeah, all unopened packages, and I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm like, well, if there's that, there's got to be more. So I started thinking of ways to get attention for myself, like, who can I ask? Where can I ask? So I started just, in very rudimentary ways, uh, posting on uh, on places where I knew he, people would congregate and said, hey, give me your chametz, I'll sell it with my stuff. And then after Pesach, I will give it all away to people who need it. So that's what I do. And since I also work with Hamodia, about the third year that I did it, they wrote an article about me. Right. And that first, that was the first big year. I got like 3,500 pounds of food that year. <laughs> <clears throat> so luckily, my landlords were kind enough to let me <laughs> use their garage. Yeah. So what I have to do is, when it comes to me, I have to act like I'm a grocery store. So I have to unpack bags of stuff, re organize everything put you know put the rice with the rice and the cereal with the cereal and then put it neatly in rows in my landlord's garage 
And then, I, again, since it becomes my property once they hand it to me, I sell it. So I'm, you know, I'm a, just a regular guy selling five, 6,000 pounds of food. And then after Pesach, I have people come by appointment one at a time to protect their privacy. And they come one at a time after Pesach, and they can pick out whatever they want, as much or as little as they'd like. Does this have a name other than Chametz Gamach? No, I tried to keep it pretty basic so that <laughs> so that people, you know, I think that says it all, Chametz Gamach. Uh, this is not a popular week for you. I would think, based on what you just described, that you're really busy starting at about Rosh Chodesh Nisan, like the week or two before yes, Pesach. Yes, that's when all the action happens, but I'm... I'm, I usually open between Purim and Pesach because the calls always start coming the day after Purim. So is the garage open now? Yes, it is. And and the the things that come first of all, with without any surprise, is is Shalach Manos. Right. <laughs> Lots of that shows up immediately. And then over time, each day a little more and a little more comes. So if then, someone has a sealed box of cookies that they received from somebody in Shalach Manos and they know they have no interest in using it in their own home. Before Pesach, they're going to give it to you. Yes, and some, some every once in a while, someone will come with an entire van full of stuff. Like, my mom said, get rid of everything. So so they just emptied out their entire pantry. But again, that's more closer to Pesach, that scenario. Yes, it is. That, right. That's that's absolutely true. So, I, mean, I mean, I have to think that, again, 10 days before, you are a million times more busier than now. Oh, now it's just mostly calls and inquiries. Right. Um, and the occasion, I actually got did get two two drop-offs yesterday. Really? Some cereal, some flour. It's it's all the things that you could imagine that people want to get rid of that's hummets. Strangely enough, people... Why would also, someone get rid of flour, a sealed container of flour now? I can't answer that question, and I've stopped arguing with them. Right, that's true. Um, as far as you're concerned... What's, it's even, gonna... what's even odder is that people will bring kosher la Pesach stuff because it was in the same package as Shalach Manos. Right. So, but, so <laughs> luckily, I worked with some other women who themselves give out Food to people. So what I do is then anything that's kosher le Pesach, I will separate out and box up separately and give to them because there are families that are even struggling to make a Seder. Right. So, so if someone gives you a grape juice bottle, you might wipe it down and pen yeah, pass yeah. it on. Right. Last year, someone gave me two cases of wine. They're like, right. I'm not going to drink this. You take it. So then I that got onto someone's Seder table. And, and, that, that's, and that's a real big item. Yes. I mean, you yes. yes. And I mean, we know that wine and matzah are the two things we have to make sure to pour and people some of those, some of the wine can get expensive after a while yeah, if you're sure. having guests. So I just want to make sure, because my parents raised my sister and I to always be involved in chesed and, and, and do things. So I once I saw that box, I just could not get it out of my head. So I... Have been have been doing it since 2010, and and my goal. Oh, I apologize. Here it says 2000. So it's 2010. Oh. So Yitzchak Relkin's here. It's the Chametz Gamach. It's based in Flatbush. You will get items from as far as where? Five towns. You uh, will get five towns stuff. People, yeah, people, Queens, people. I've, I guess if you're I, getting 36,000 pounds, you're going to get from a lot of different in places. In the first couple of years that I did it, I got an email from Switzerland asking how this person could start one of his own. I've gotten calls from Philadelphia. Um, all over Lakewood, Muncie. People hey, have delivered from Muncie before. The Chametz Gamach is expanding. It's uh, going to have satellites. There is actually a gentleman in Muncie who collects on my behalf <laughs> and stores it up there and gives out up yeah, there. Yeah, he takes care of the whole thing. I've never met him. I he just called me. But one the year important thing is, if someone calls you and says we have poor people in Muncie, have somewhere somewhere to direct them to. Yes, pretty cool. Yeah, people. I'm, people so people email me. They are calling me all the time. Some and again, like you said during that last week, my phone does not stop ringing. I can imagine two, three in the morning. 
And they're doing the drop-offs. You're not doing pickups. But yes, because the first year that I did it, I, I actually rode around Brooklyn on my bike picking things up. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but once it had expanded past the, the critical mass, like that third year, there's no way for me to do it because too much food comes in. Unbelievable. So I say to people, please consider part of your Pesach preparations, you doing the drop-off. Right. And then I, the past year, there's a family that I know that it's not doing well, so I've started collecting money for that family every year. Uh Yitzchak Relkin is here. It's called the Flapush Chametz Gemach. Um, we got to give out some type of information line. I mean, is, there, is even a website necessary for you? Like, no, you, it's mostly just a phone number yeah, and email address. That's what I would figure. If it's okay with you. Please, are you kidding? So my phone number is 718-377-6361. And my email address is yitzchak at relkin.com. That's Y-I-T-Z-C-H-A-K at relkin, R-E-L-K-I-N.com. And put Chametz Gamach in the subject line. And that's it. And people are ready to team up with you to help out some poor people. Yeah, people are very enthusiastic to be part of the mitzvah because they know that they either would have given the food away to their cleaning lady or actually thrown it in the garbage. Right. And now they know that it's going to somewhere that it, that it really needs to be. Doesn't it shock you? that our prior generations didn't consider? Well, a Hasidish lady one a bunch of years ago came to me, and she was giving me a package. She said, oh, when we were growing up, we never did this. Right. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Because the first year that I did it, I got an angry phone call. Someone said, oh, how do you know you're allowed to do this? Why are you collecting? I said, well, then how do you explain the halachas of selling chametz? Right. <laughs> how does selling chametz work if you can't sell yeah. the chametz? Um, it, I grew up in an era and in an atmosphere where literally, as you just described, every piece of chametz, even ancillary chametz, you know, had to be out of the house, had to be eliminated before Pesach somehow, whether it was giving it away to a cleaning lady, whether it was, you know, throwing it out, etc. And that caused a lot of angst between Purim and Pesach because, you know, you had those final bottles, the uh, final boxes of cereal on the table that were being, that were dwindling, right? That were dwindling as the days went by. And then hopefully three days before Pesach, there was actually still something in the house to eat, although very often there wasn't, frankly. Plus, that would be the only time of the year, those three days before Pesach, that people would actually go out, either buy takeout or actually go to a restaurant because, you know, the house is crushed full of Pesach and nothing else can, uh, can disturb that. This is a whole new attitude. This is a very positive way of dealing with it. You have all this extra chametz. Uh, obviously, it has to be in sealed containers, obviously, uh, boxes, cans, etc. And here's an opportunity to to make something positive out of it. They give you the chametz. You sell it with your own. They don't even have to worry. You're selling it. They don't have to worry yeah. about that. It's in their possession. They're, you're selling it. Yeah, and because that way, I don't want there to be any questions whatsoever yeah. about me either giving it away before or I would imagine I sell it rab- properly. I would or- imagine rabbis have endorsed what you're doing. Well, I don't know if they want their names out there, but there is one. There is one who has spoken up on my behalf. Someone who is kind of well known, and again, I don't know if he wants his name put out there, okay. so I don't. I don't want to say anything. But he was when when I first spoke to him about the issue. He he his his like his attitude was well. What's the question? Of course, you're allowed to. Mm-hmm. So, if this is the crazy time, the week before Pesach, what happens right after Pesach? Well, the like I said, some people start calling before. To now, to, no, yeah, to, to get make an appointment because again, right. I want to protect everybody's privacy, so people are only allowed to come one at a time. So Pesach ends Thursday night outside of Israel. So when will you start to see people? Uh, usually that, that Friday or that not? next. Well, Friday because that's a Shabbos. I might or might not do anything. It's I'm, a long day that Friday, though. That's true. I also yeah. have administrative things like a friend. Right. Of, we, you know, I photograph everything for for record every year to use for publicity photographs. And how do you figure out the pounds? I weigh every box. And you just add it up. 
Well, the reason I started weighing every box is that I wanted to be able to say to people, X amount of food has been gathered. Because if I just say, oh, yeah, I've been doing this and I don't have any numbers, right. then it's hard to understand whether you, the, the community has helped anyone. But it's all I, about the data. Right. But if I can say to you, in the, in the first 10 years that I've done this, I've raised 36,000 pounds of food, then the community members understand that they're making a difference. And, and this year and next year, if I can get 7,000 pounds of food this year and next year, then I can say to people, 50,000 pounds of food. Right. And then that'll really make people understand that they're helping. So that's my goal. This year, I want to get 7,000. And next year, I want to get 7,000. So if you don't see people the day after Pesach, the following Sunday, you will be seeing people. Yes, that happens automatically. Just like I said, they get on a calendar and they can only show up at that time. And they can't show up early. They can't show up late. Are they restricted how much they can take? No, because I consider myself just to be a shaliach, I don't make any judgments. You could take one box. You could take two. You could take a pallet. If I mean, you want. someone could take everything you have there if they wanted. Theoretically, to. they could. No, but they wouldn't be able to store it in their home. This would we be, don't we don't even realize how much thirty six thousand pounds is. Well, that's over the ten years. Usually, it's like ah, five, five or six right. each year. Got it. But none, nonetheless, you're right. I, again, I, I don't. I'm not making any judgments on who shows up, right. so they can take as much or as little as they'd like. All right, everybody, you have your uh, marching orders now between Purim and Pesach. If you have Chumets, that is in sealed containers, whether it be cans or boxes or any other type of uh, bags, whatever it is, but it's sealed and it's, uh, you know, as if it's a brand new product. If it's chametz and you normally would throw it out or give it away to somebody who is allowed to eat chametz on Pesach, we have a new suggestion for you. It is the Flatbush chametz Gamach under the leadership of Yitzhak Relkin. And uh, you simply deliver it to him, drop it off in Flatbush, no matter what it is, no matter how many boxes, etc., just drop it all off. He will sell it with his chametz, and he will then distribute it to the poor right after Pesach. But please call first, because I can't have unattended packages being dropped. And I will give that number in a moment. Also, if you have sealed Kushla Pesach items, he will make sure those get, or or cases of wine, etc., he'll make sure those get to poor people before Pesach. Here's how you reach Yitzchak Relkin. You could use his email which is Yitzchak, Y-I-T-Z-C-H-A-K, at Relkin, R-E-L-K-I-N.com. Make sure to use Chametz Gamach in the subject line. You want to make sure to put Chametz Gamach in the subject line. Yitzchak, Y-I-T-Z-C-H-A-K, at Relkin, R-E-L-K-I-N.com. There's also a phone number you can use uh, to call him directly and arrange for drop-off, and that's area code 718 718- Three seven seven six three six one. That's seven one eight three seven seven six three six one. You call that number, and uh, you'll be able to make arrangements for drop off. And I'm assuming after Pesach, you could use that number to make arrangements for pickup as well. Yes. And that's it. Anything you'd like to add, sir? Everyone should have a safe and kosher Pesach this year. And you're going to make sure that, uh, as I said earlier, the pantries of uh, people around the Jewish community are enhanced. Yes, I definitely want to help everyone, and, and I hope that your audience will too. By the way, you want to know another thing that's a big benefit of your gemach, your tzedakah? Uh, one of the more difficult things for people to do is recover financially after Pesach. They've spent a tremendous amount of money making Pesach, no matter who it is. And those weeks after Pesach, you'd like a little bit of relief to get back on your feet, to be able to, to afford things. And, and, and if you're providing this type of uh, service for people right after Pesach, it's certainly a tremendous help at a very important time of year. Well, it's definitely obvious that some of the people who come need help right. just, just by their appearance and everything they say. It's obvious that they do need help. And that's all I want to do is, is make sure that their, their financial burdens are eased. 
You will take deliveries from anywhere. As long as it's kosher food, yes. As long as it's kosher <laughs> food. So if you're listening in any area in the tri-state area and you want to make a trip into Flatbush, Yitzchak Relkin will welcome that. Yitzchak at Relkin.com, Y-I-T-Z-C-H-A-K at R-E-L-K-I-N.com or dial 718-377-6361 for the Flatbush Chametz Gamach. Make sure when you email to put Chametz Gamach in the subject line. I thank you very much and wish you a Chag Kosher V'Sameach. Thank you so much. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. How on earth can I play Halachma Anya from Ben Sion Schenker today? Well, when we have an interview with Rabbi Pesach Krohn about the uh, Seder, about the brand new Haggadah, about the brand new book entitled At the Magid Seder, I justify playing Ben Sion Schenker's Halachma Anya, even though yesterday was Shushan Purim. How do you like that? Uh, before that, shall show us with Yibun at Thursday morning broadcast. J.M. in the A.M. We're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. If you're watching right now, this is the book at the Magid Seder. Artscroll.com is the website. If you go there now and use the promo code radio, this book by Hesach Krohn, which is worth anything, it's priceless. Nonetheless, they're still giving a generous discount if you use promo code radio. Go to Artscroll.com, use promo code radio, and save 15%. Off of at the Magid Seder by Hesach Krohn in our studio at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And with great pleasure, we present somebody known as the American Magid. The commandment of Sipor Yitzias Mitzrayim is one of the most beloved of mitzvos. What better way? Can we find to fulfill this command than by sharing stories of courage, amuna, compassion, and spiritual heroism? And what better person can we find to tell us those stories than the famed American Magid, Rabbi Pesach Krohn? Rabbi Krohn, welcome back to JM in the AM. It is so great to be back here. It's been a while. But... It has been a while, and it's so what <laughs> I mean, I, 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 we got to talk about the book, because otherwise Gedalia is not going to let me get away with it. And his son is now working there, oh, too. Oh, that's right, but there's, but there's so many other things I need to discuss with you, Rabbi Crow. 
First of all, I hope you remember some of the rules about JM and the AM. Which is? Well, rule number one. We always get Hananya in there. <laughs> we, always, we always mention Hananya Kramer somehow. Yeah, that's my rule, son-in-law. That's correct. Rule number two, Stam, let's see if you remember this. And if Go you ahead. don't, I'm not going to be ahead. upset. Go I, Stam Rip Schleimer in this studio is? Rip Schleimer Freifeld? No, you always do oh, right. that. You oh, always oh. do that to me. Rip Schleimer Kalach. Sorry. <laughs> and Rip David is? <laughs> no matter what, even even with all due respect to your Rebbe, David Cohen, right. David Cohen, who's who's beloved. I just spoke to him when my uh, son just got engaged. So. Oh, Mazda, I'm on my way to him later. Oh, there you yeah. So please send yeah. my best. I certainly he and his Rebbeson are amazing. Oh. Uh, but yes, you know, sometimes, you know. <laughs> but it's for the reason I bring this up is we did a historic interview years ago, mm-hmm. and I was telling you this dramatic story that I had started uh, having to do with Shlomo Kalbach. So I said to you, I said. So Rip Schleimer once said, and you said Rip Schleimer Freifel. I said, no, no, Rip Schleimer in this studio. Stop Rip Schleimer's Rip Schleimer Kalma. <laughs> anyway, welcome. It is such a delight to see you. Thank you. Baruch Hashem. And, uh, and, and, and yet another book. Baruch Hashem. I mean, how many books do you have in you that you, that you continue to produce book yeah. after book? It's you know, can I tell you a little story? Please. <laughs> Already you're starting with the story? <laughs> You know, they say that the Chavetz Chaim, yeah. many times when he davened, Rav Segal as well, would talk to Hashem in Yiddish. And he once said to Hashem, he was davening, and he said, Rabbi Shalom, you gave me the Mishnah Brura. You gave me Shmir Salashen. You gave me the Seif Avas Chesed. What could I do for you? Wow. In other words, he felt that it was such an honor for him that Hashem allowed him to write these tremendous majestic swarm right. that are used in Klal Yisrael. And that's how I feel. Like, you know, when I take a look and I think back that, you know, all the swarm for the Brismila book, the Traveling with the Magid, all the Magid books. I mean, there are nine Magid books of stories. Wow. It's unbelievable. And then the Glittering World of Chesed and the books on speeches. And Plus now, the DVDs. That's right. And the human body one. And right. Uh, and now this, I tell you, at and the people, Seder. people were shocked that you didn't have a specific Pesach book out. Yes. Well, so let me tell you what happened. For years, my wife's been telling me to write a Haggadah. Right. And, you know, when you write, you have to be in a certain frame of reference. You feel that you can conquer the topic. And the Haggadah is so massive. There are so many different pieces, over 50 different pieces. And I was thinking, how am I going to do this? And besides, what can I do that's different mm-hmm. than all the other Haggadahs? There are thousands of Haggadahs with all of commentary. Sure. So they certainly every, don't need... Every average Jewish family has 100 Haggadahs. Uh, that's right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I Okay, I personally love buying swarms. Mm-hmm. So you're right, I must have 200 Haggadahs mm-hmm. without question. And, um, and then it occurred to me that I'm going to make this different. And that's why... The ad is, why is this Haggadah different than all the other Haggadahs? That's the fifth question. Right, that's the fifth question. Exactly. And the answer is because each piece has stories, either one or two stories. Now, the introduction contains stories. Right. And There's a great one in the introduction. With the one with Rabbi uh, Eisenman. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. We've got to tell that. He's he's fabulous. We can't give away all the stories. (laughs) That's okay. And what I do is I have a story on Manashtana, a story on right. Halach Manya, a story with Rabbi Lau on Halach oh, Manya. That's a fabulous. I read, I read that one. Isn't that fabulous? Uh, and then... Yes, right. Avde, right, more exactly, accurately. Right. right. And um, on every piece, and what I try to do is that even at the latter part of the 
Haggadah. You after mean when, when we're all drifting away? Right, exactly. When the kids are all sleeping, <laughs> no, you mean? That's, that's what I wanted to concentrate on. And so I have great stories on Hallel. I have great stories on, well, I have an original Pshadah Haggadah, if you're interested. Totally different than anybody thing anybody ever said. And people are going to think, either I'm a genius or I'm way <laughs> off. You know? But I really believe that there's a very strong message in Haggadah. And then when I grew up in Kew Gardens, so Rav Tanabam was the Rav, Eli Tanabam's father. Sure. And he and his children would sing. On the second day's Yantav, there was like a simplest Yantav ritual. Echad Miyadeya in Yiddish right. to Jewish poetry. I loved it. To me, Yiddish is so holy. So Halik, and they sang it so beautifully, and I, I wanted to print it, and I did, and I printed it in Yiddish. Wow! And so therefore, and so many people who have seen it already tell me, oh my goodness, my Zadie used to sing that. I I didn't. I remember one guy wrote me Reform Mendelwitz from Silver Spring Red. I only remember till eight. Now I see the whole thing. It's so great. Because there are people who say understand yeah. in Yiddish. That's right. And other languages. That's right. But, that's right. Uh, that's right. Unbelievable. My daughter um, used to say it in Spanish. She had a Spanish right. teacher. Exactly. Right. right. So, um, and then I have something so interesting that B'nai Torah will appreciate. You know, we do Echad Miyadea, right? One is Hashem, sure. two is the Luchas. So the Stipler, when he was learning in the Vardek, they had a song of Echad Miyadea according to the Mishnayis. You know, like Arba Avas Nazik, and it's four, right? Shnayim Mechzebetalas, Orla Abasa, right? That's I loved it. I loved it. And I wanted to see how high people go. So the Stipler and Rab Chaim Kanievsky, and Rabbi Sobelsky used to sing, sing it as well. They went up to 20 with Mishnayis. And I have it there, either Mishnayis or Brises. I didn't notice. So, by yeah, the way, that's at the end. Isn't that right. funny? I didn't notice. <laughs> right, at the end. Right. Right. <laughs> and I figured that the B'nai Torah, you know, all these guys that are sitting and learning, they'll test themselves. Let's see, what do you know about? Shmoyna Shrotzim, right? How about that? Let's see if they'll know it by heart like they know it the other day by heart. Asari Yuchsin, you know, in Kedushin. Very you know, I'm sorry. So I thought it was such a delicious thing to have. So I added all these. So this, so just those those things are making this unique. I yeah. mean, people say. Why and I'll tell gonna... you something else that always puzzled me. I never like to say a Gemara bothered me. And I want to say it. You know, this right. bothers me. Right. A Gemara doesn't bother you. Puzzles you. Doesn't bother. I always wanted to understand why Hashem chose specifically those makas, those plagues. What was the media connected me there? Very good. And I went through many Svarim and Madrashim, and I have I saw a whole you, section. I saw what you wrote on Pre- Dom. I right. saw that. Perspective on plagues. Right. And all of a sudden, you realize these Mitzrayim, they were the Nazis of their right. era. When and got paid s- back for it. Right. Exactly. Media connected me Exactly. That's exactly what I wanted to point out. Right. Why the Dom? Why did Svadea? Why Arif? And you know, Matasio Solomon asked a great question. He says, Arif means a mixture, like an Arif. Right. Why is that the name of the maka? You know, it does, it's not animals, right. but it was animals. And he explains, and I write in there, that the part of the maka was the tremendous confusion. The animals, the snakes, the scorpions, everything was attacking everybody. So, like, they didn't know which animals were coming next. Wow. And it was this whole mixture, that's what it was, the orev, the mixture of so many animals coming from so many different parts of the world. So, like, you know, I get that chills when I say it. All of a sudden, now you understand what the Torah is talking about. Wow. And that's what I wanted to do with each of the makas. You know, the bara, the chayshech. What did they do? And they used to make people get up early in the morning in the dark and make them wait, uh, work till late at night in right. the dark. So they got chayshech because that's how they punished the Jews. 
So, like, all of a sudden... And Dom, know, they wouldn't allow them to bathe. Exactly. So when they right. went to bathe, it was blood. Exactly, exactly. See, I read it. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> and you know, to me, one of the most frightening things, I can't believe that the Malbum, of all people, says this. It's amazing. It's not so typical, usually, the way the Malbum talks. The Malbum says that when the Tradea came out of the river... The frogs, yeah. The frogs, when they came out of the river, so they had thrown Jewish children into the river... So now the sounds and the screaming of the Tzvardaya, the frogs coming out, sounded to them like little children coming out. Could you imagine how frightened they were? They, they heard that. Oh, the Malba writes that. And I write exactly what you can look at. Unbelievable. So. The, the book is called At the Magid's Seder, Stories and Insights of Grandeur and Redemption. And the Magid is here this morning at JM in the AM, right? Pesach Krohn is here. Uh, remember, you go to artscroll.com. If you use the promo code radio, a 15% discount. It is rare to have Rabbi Krohn be able to make an appointment in the morning to be anywhere. Uh, by the way, we, we, with the we had to cancel it one time because That's of the Right. Which we've done a million times in the past. With coronavirus, you may have one of the most secure jobs in America right now because people still need to do Brissett on time. Well, let me tell you something interesting. In Brissett, I'm supposed to have, maybe I shouldn't say what area, right. but on Sunday, they decided yesterday not to do it in Shul. With, with, with the, obviously, with right. consultation with the Rub. Right. Obviously, they're right. they're going to do it at home. They'll do it at home, right. And I said to the guy, I want you to know, make the minion at home as well. Right. Because you have a minion in Shul and you don't want to invite everybody. People are going to be insulted. Right. Like this, you know. Sunday, there's no Kriya Satayra. So they make dominion in the home, just invite, you know, family and friends. And they're going to have it very... very And and as Yoni Pollock points out, make dominion at home to avoid Tachanun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the most important part of having you in a minion? Did I even tell you the story? With London, right? You've told me the story a million times. But I got to tell you, there is no greater feeling when one walks into a shul for Shachris on a Monday or Thursday and sees Ray Pesach Krohn. Because you know there's a bris and there will not be Tachanun. (laughs) When's the last time you said Tachanun or my Krohn? (laughs) I'll tell you. But you know, I once had a fabulous Shiloh. I don't know if I ever told you this. I was in Manchester. Right. I was in England. And yeah. I was dominating in the show in Manchester. And the same day. Right? And the same day, I was coming back to New York. Right. And I had a 5 o'clock brisk in Manhattan. Right. I was going to come back at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Correct. But it was nighttime in Manchester. Correct. So when I dominated there, do I potter oh, there for oh. that? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, pr- I'm proud of myself and I remember all your stories. That's right. <laughs> You know, and, you, earlier you mentioned, and we got to get back to yeah, Adamagin. Well, we, yeah, we'll get back. You know, yeah. Gedalia may be listening. Yeah. we got to get back to the book here. <laughs> yeah. um, although the Brismila book is also an art scroll presentation. Yeah, everything so, is right. art scroll. Art um, greatest. You mentioned before the end of the Seder and how unique is it, it is that, yeah. that you actually have both interpretations and some really cool right. stuff like right. Ahamio Day, et cetera. What I remember about my father before he was elderly was he would not just leave the Seder table. We really? would we would we would sing the end of Chad Gadya and yeah. then and then he always found as we were cleaning up yeah. he always found something to either say or read in his Haggadah wow. because he didn't just want to yeah, walk away leave. even if it right. was one thirty in the morning he didn't just right. want to walk away right. from the sin. now some people may find that insane because everyone's yeah. exhausted yeah and they want but if you no. really appreciate it's Pesa, like Shmini Atzeres what the Gemara says about right. Hashem you know stay with me one more day right right you don't want to leave it and and that's and true. that's how much. Right. That generation, and I pray this generation, loves and love the Pesach Seder. Right. It is one of the, you know, you talk about grandeur, and, and, and it is one of the most incredible nights right. of the it year. Really it really is. And and if you're in Israel, where there's one Seder, oh, you know, someone right. who lives, it, it is. It's I have a, one of them. How could they have only one people, Seder? People have said that to me, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, 
not so sure I agree yeah. with you, but we we're not going to do that now. Yeah. But the 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 majesty, right, and the 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 deep bonds that are formed between Amazing. family members yes. and guests, etc., yeah. is something unique. You never... Should I tell you a great story sure. about that? Um, I'm a ve- you know what you say, especially about the latter part of right. the seder when you finish with the matz and the mar and right. the and the kairach and all. There are a lot of songs that families have traditionally, right. especially the German families. Sure. My son-in-law Shalom Dovah Pfeiffer is from a Yekisha family, and they have certain songs that they sing religiously, exactly the way the Zeta sang it, the right. Opa sang it, and something like that. So I know that the girls want to sing it as well. Right. But if you have guests, you know, so the girls are they not may be uncomfortable, able to sing. Right. 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 They can't sing. So I remember one time, it was in Brooklyn, and I was supposed to speak a couple nights before Pesach, which I did, and I said that one night you should have guests, and another night perhaps not have guests, because, you know, the girls want to sing, right. and this is the traditional songs of the family, and they want to participate. So one night you have guests, one night you don't have guests. Now, there was a guy who shall remain unnamed who was filming all the different speeches that were going around that were being given in Brooklyn ah, that night. Right. And he happened to come in when I said that you shouldn't have guests. Oh, my! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he took that clip, and he put it on Yeshiva World or something like that. Well, the next day, Chatzko Bennett calls me up. He says, Rabbi Krohn, <laughs> you're getting slaughtered. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a carbon Pesach, but. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> he says, you know, what did you say last night? I said, what do you mean, what did I say? And he plays me that clip. I said, oh, my, the guy came in the middle of a sentence. And I called Yeshiva World and thank goodness. They were very kind. They took it off. I but tell uh, you. You never know, huh? You never right. know. But you got to be careful with everything. everything. Although, careful. Yeah. That you didn't have to be careful yeah, with. Right. But they went ahead and took it out of context completely. Right. right Pesach Krohn is here in studio. You know, it's funny. The One of the things that everyone continues to say as we in the entire world, Israel here and everywhere, go through what's going on now <laughs> is, oh, my gosh, God's really in control. God's really – and one of the things that we learn, obviously, from the Pesach story, you mentioned the Makos before, is that, you know – the enemy can be in control and the enemy can be, you know, really, you know, putting the hammer down on, on the Jewish people or anybody else, whoever they, you know, want to, want to torture. And when God decides enough is enough, that is it. And can I tell you what I thought of last night? Yeah. It was a middle of the night and you already had known the NBA season was suspended when, when this yes, happened? You already had found that out. <laughs> I can't understand it, but okay, we'll talk about that. But it occurred to me, what happens, what would have happened? If this would have broke before the Siamashas. Wow. Could you imagine how much money would have been lost because they rented that life stadium right. and how much planning would have gone down the tubes? And then it occurred to me that it really did. It happened December 20th. Right. But China didn't tell everybody that it, that it was going on. So in America, we were able to have the Siamashas. You had 95,000 people. You think we could have 95,000 people today? Together today, they can't get ninety-five today. Right, I'm supposed to go to Boston on this Sunday. They may cancel it because they just made a rule in Boston: no gatherings of more than two hundred fifty people. And there's schools that are closing now. Yeah, it's terrible. So Hashem made it that we heard right. about it afterwards. But, after we, January but, but we also have to be careful when we when we say things like this because yeah. we we know a lot of people. That are going to be losing a lot of oh, money for Pesach, and, and so it's them. a time of year that is just—I mean, every time of year is bad. Right. There is no good time of year for any of this because someone the gets Pesach affected. programs but Pesach. in Italy have been closed. Where do you and, normally go Pesach? So now, the last couple of years, we stay home oh, or really? we we'll go to my children. Yeah, I, I'll speak in a 
hotel, let's say, Cholamud one night, yeah. but I didn't even know I have to call them to find out if they're going to open or And they probably don't know yet. Yeah, that's true. Because now there's another lesson we've learned from this, and that is you take life day by day. Yeah. Someone just said to me, are you still going away for pace? And I'm like, I know what anyone's going to be doing three weeks from now. Right. Nobody knows what's going right. to be happening three weeks from now. So again, we learned the lesson. That there's only one being in control. Right. And that's what this is all about. That's this right. is all about the incredible chesed of that, HaKadosh Baruch right. And the Hashkocha protest, how every little thing, again, going back to the uh, Makov Arav, it's right. so interesting, Rabbi Matzio mentions that that was one of the uh, plays that showed the Hashkocha. Because if a Jew who lived in uh, um, outside Mitzrayim, you know, in Goshen, and then he came uh, to Mitzrayim, the animals wouldn't attack him. They could be walk, running in right. the streets wildly, but you saw the hashkocha right there. The guy next to him is being attacked, but the Jew, you know, was not being attacked. So from the makas, we learned tremendous hashkocha pratis. So you're right. It's a very important learning night. I also think that the uh, that that God requires us to behave the way He did um, when it comes to when it comes to the holiday of Pesach. He he was he was and continues to be such an incredible Baal Chesed that we have to start our Seder right. with, with inviting people to join exactly. us and taking care of others. And what other holiday do we have where we have to make sure that the poor have wine and matzah right. for Pesach and that all the preparations that are necessary. You walked in here, and what was your first thing? That you, 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 said to, you said to us, this chametz gemach, it's unbelievable yeah, that people are thinking of others at a time when it's you know, such a difficult right. time. Such a beautiful thing. And that is a part of the chesed that we have to emulate. Uh, the book is called At the Magid Seder, Stories and Insights of Grandeur and Redemption. It is, in fact, the Haggadah Shal Pesach, in this case, of Rabbi Pesach Krohn. It's brand new from ArtScroll. Go to ArtScroll.com, and you can uh, get a 15% discount if you use promo code radio. Now let's start uh, Let's start this Seder, Rabbi Krohn. <laughs> Let's pass the pass the wine, please, and let's get going here, if you don't mind. Uh, you, well, you, if I may begin with this, you mentioned yeah. the the Rabbi Lau piece, yeah. that is so powerful toward the beginning of the seder. Right. Could you tell our audience yeah, what that's course. about? Okay, so Rabbi Lau was a genius. Obviously, he is a genius. Yep. Should live and be well. Very quick and has on had a life feet. that's so symbolic of right. the Jewish people. Amazing. So when he was the chief rabbi, he hosted a seder for Israeli soldiers, many who were secular. And, of course, they have only one Seder, right. so this is the thing itself. And they started the Seder, and everybody together, they said, Halach Ma'anya. And then there was one soldier who got up, and um, the moment he opened his mouth, everybody knew that he was a little bit defiant. You know, he was trying to put Rabbi Lau on the spot. And he said, you know, Rabbi, we just said, this year we're here, next year we'll be in Yerushalayim. This year we're slaves, and next year we'll be free. He said, I was born here, you know, I... What does it mean that this year we're here? I'm in your shalim. I've been in Eretz Yisrael all my life. And what does that mean that um, we're slaves? We're not slaves. You know, I'm free. I'm here in Israel. I'm free. So, uh, of course, he kind of put Rabbi Lau on the spot, but Rabbi Lau's never one to be outdone. So he said, young man, I want to tell you something. He said, if I have had this chos, the merit to daven on Yom Kippur night with some of the greatest rabbis, Rabbi Zalman Orbach, Rabbi Leza Shach, and I noticed that when they say al-chait and al-shamnu, they're crying. Why are they crying? They never did these averas. They never did these sins. They never even thought about doing these sins. But the answer is because when people pray, they pray not only for themselves. We pray as a unit for Klal Yisrael. And therefore, when you say halach ma'anya, you're lucky. You were born here. But there are millions who have never even been to Eretz Yisrael. 
So we're davening for them that next year that they should be here. And young man, he said, are you absolutely ready to tell me that you're not a slave to your passions? Oh. Ugh. How what? true that is. He you know says, what? Yeah, I'm sorry. He said, no, he said, when Mashiach comes, then we'll be in control. But now we're all slave to our passions. You reminded me with that vart of uh, something that my father always spoke about. And feel free to use it on Parshas yeah. Mishpatim. Okay? Yeah, that, sure. See, now the, now the next time you have a speaking gig on Parshas <laughs> Mishpatim, you're going you're gonna to thank me that I prepared you for <laughs> okay, it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> he was bothered, my father, by the Pusuk. Uh, puzzled. He was puzzled. He was puzzled. <laughs> Very good. You got me on that one. The Pusuk. It's right before Shishi and Mishpatim. So he says, I don't understand. It starts in the plural, and ends, right? You serve God and he'll bless your bread. And, and, right. and as we now pray, take away the virus. Wow. Yeah, of right? But why would it start plural and end up you right. know, singular. in the same reference, singular? And he said, he would answer that, uh, that sometimes when we use the singular, it refers to a group of people, right. i.e., Yomar na Yisrael, right, right. Yomruna veis Aaron, right. That, right. You know, that, excuse me, Yomar na Yisrael. That would be the example, right. So what's and and when it says and the by Esau, sure, Hamor, and, yeah. and, and 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 the and the and the plural Favaratem is used for a smaller group. Yomruna veis Aaron, right. Veis Aaron is a right. smaller right. group. Right. You wouldn't know, aren't you, a coin? Uh, no, you're not a coin. No, Hanani is. Oh, that's funny. Why did I think you're a coin? I, I, look at this. I promoted yeah. you like that. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, so he said that when the subset, right, when the smaller group does what they have to do, which is avodas Hashem, daven, learn, perform right. mitzvahs, etc., then, then the entire then the entire world, not just Klaus, the entire world will be blessed with Lechem, with Mayim, wow. and, and having the virus yeah. you know, eliminated. And yeah. that's the Vart. And I'm saying to myself as I'm listening to what, what you said, Rabbi Lau said, that, that that's actually it. What, yeah. it what, what it is is that these Gedolim, as you just described, feel the pain of the entire world right. and, and have it on their shoulders. And that's what we learned from that Pasuk, that yeah. the, the small group that we depend on is that group that are of, of us, please yeah. God, that are doing... And that's why we daven for them. Correct. Right. So there you go. And uh, feel free to use it when you get to Parshish Mishpat. JM in the A with our Pesach Kronos. We talk about the holiday of Pesach. Do you... Uh... Isn't it amazing, though? You know, you've mentioned your father a few times. Yeah. And when it comes to the Yontif of Pesach, yeah. as opposed to any of the other Yontif, we're always talking about what our fathers did. There was another thing I wanted to mention about my father you just reminded me about. Yeah. You said, what, where did you say that somebody only spoke Yiddish? Um, you mentioned in this... No, you said that, that, that someone Dafka only davened in Yiddish or... Uh, oh, the Chavetz Chaim said, right. yeah, he spoke in Yiddish. Tashem. He spoke in, he learned, davened in Hebrew, but he added then Rav Segel as well. And, um, and I remember my father... I mean, it, never in any regular situation ever spoke Yiddish. I mean, he he knew Yiddish. You know, yeah. he, he knew. They used to joke that women would come to his Talmud shear just to hear him speak Yiddish. Yiddish like yeah. that's good, yeah. how great right. his Yiddish was. But to us, or in regular situations, tights. Right. Oh, Lama Lenin Adaf. So they said they had. They, they knew the Lots king's more. Yiddish. They yeah. would describe you know rabbis like that. Um, but I do remember when we would visit his father's kever, he would speak to. His father in Yiddish. That's the only time I remember oh, 
That, so it's, a, it's funny that you reminded yeah. me of that. Obviously not a reference to Pesach. Yeah, but Because wow. you said, you know, you consider Yiddish yeah. holy because right. of where it comes right. from and who right. used it. Right. So it just reminded me of that. You know, I'll tell you about fathers. I remember that by when we opened the door for Leo Novi, right. my father always said Baruch Haba. Right. My father right. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I thought that, why does my father do it? Because he's a mile. He was a mile. And when Eli Yohanavi comes, we say, Baruch at the bridge. Right. And I, I, I wrote that. And the, but I wanted to find, is there really a source for it? And sure enough, Baruch HaShulchan says that you're supposed to say it. Baruch And I'll tell you something interesting. You know what Habba stands for? Hey, base Aleph. Hine, Ba, Elio. Isn't that amazing? Unbelievable. I'll tell you. That's just great. And it's also about the bris. Hey, base Aleph equals eight. Which is you're welcoming the child who comes on the eighth day. Boy. A lot of references to Bris in oh, the Haggadah. Sure. Oh, the best, one of the best stories by, by, ever. By the way, by, before you tell the yeah. story, just, yeah. a, just a reminder to anybody making a Bris on Pesach, use that vart. Yeah. Make, make sure to mention that That's it says right. in the That's right. What's now, the story? Oh, this is, uh, this is a showstopper. That's the only thing you could say. They once asked the Kloisenberger Rebbe, Zechat Tzadik Bakarosh who lost a wife and 11 children. Right. In the war. And that helped rebuild the Jewish community. Exactly. In Netanya and in right. Union City and everything. Right. So how did you go on? How did you do right. it? Right. That's the question. And, right. And he said, like, what does that mean? We say by a bris, we say by Korban Pesach, with the blood they right. should live by the, the blood of the Korban Pesach that they did, even though that the sheep was the avoid of the goyim. And he said something so brilliant. He said, the Pasik tells us, Vayidom Aaron. Aaron was quiet. When his children died. Never. So Dalad Mem doesn't only mean blood. It means being quiet. <sighs> By being quiet. Not focusing on the negative of what happened in the past. Chayi, he was able to live. Is that amazing? Is that amazing? For those of us who tend to focus on the negative, especially exactly. in light of the world right. situation right, right now, right. that's a very important message. Oh, you can't. Focus only on the negative because if you do that, you're not gonna. You can't build, can't grow. You can only grow with simcha and build. Happiness. What does Rabbi Krohn think of the fact that there are four sons in the Pesach Seder? Oh, you asked a question that touched me very much this year. You know, when you write something, and you know that hopefully thousands are going to see it. My first thought was this year. I never thought about it before. Are these four brothers? Good question. Right? Or are they four different families? And you know something? In our generation, they could be brothers. That's for sure. Because you have in the finest You have everybody. In the finest communities. Right. You have that kid who's sitting and learning. Well, I have, big... I have four sons, and they're constantly pointing to each other during this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so in my family, I think they do think they're brothers. <laughs> we like Wait, having a good time, yeah. even yeah. during the Seder. <laughs> so there's no question that there's a tremendous focus on Chinuch. I want to tell you two things about what Rav Schwab said about Hamokim, which I'll tell you in a second. Right. But one of the greatest stories that I have in this book is at the end of the four sons by the Sheini Adeya Lishel, it says At. Right. At, that's Lashon Akeva. Right. The whole Seder is Lashon Zohar. Why? Right. What's the woman That's a female here? reference. Right, right, female reference. And I thought two things. First of all, At, you have to tell from Aleph to Tuf. At Psachli. you got to tell this kid everything. Right? Just like they say, Bereshis Baro Elikim, Yes, Hashem created everything right at the beginning, from Aleph to Tov. But really what it is, is that Nebuchadnezzar, there's a child that's challenged in the home and needs special attention, right. 
Who's the one that takes care of the mother? Right. The mother's there, always. This child needs special attention. So I want to tell you a fabulous story. You know, I am very involved with Chazak. I think it's one of the greatest organizations. You know, Yaniv sure. and, and Elon Meir of great people. Not only do they arrange hundreds and hundreds of shiurim a year, but they have now many, many people working to get kids, Bukharian kids out of public school. They've got over 600 kids out of public school because many of the Bukharians, they didn't want to pay tuition. Right. You know, they were not used to doing that. And so now these are in day schools, Jewish day schools, boys and girls. Wonderful. So he asked me, Elon asked me to speak at a parliament meeting to raise money in Woodmere or Cedarhurst um, for Chazak. But then he decided that he's going to speak before and tell his personal history mm-hmm. and how Chazak got started. So he tells this story that his parents came from Bukharia. They were, I think, in Israel. Then they came to America. And they had a few little boys. Um, these two, and I think a third brother, Shlomo. Now, what happened was that they wanted to go to a, uh, a, a Jewish school. So somebody told them to go to Hillcrest. It happened to be a conservative school. And they go. she goes in there, and she's the principal. He doesn't have a beard. Now, in Bukharia, when... You know, a rov had a beard. If you know, let's how could you have a rov without a beard? Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who am I to talk, right? <laughs> okay, but anyway, so and and then also, you know, the atmosphere in this school. She was walking in the hallway. She just didn't feel that that Yiddish atmosphere that she was looking for. Even though you know they were traditionally Jewish people, I can't say they were very from people, right. but traditionally. Right. Anyhow, she comes back to Forest Hills where she lives. And somebody told her, "Why don't you go to Or Yisrael?" Rabbi Geldseller is the principal there, and, and go speak to him. So she comes there, and maybe she was there with the boys. She comes in, Rabbi Geldseller has a long beard that looks like a tzaddik, you know, in which he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. She sees all the pictures of the Gedolim hanging on the wall. She doesn't know who they are, but Rabbi Salman, Rabbi Moshe, they're very right. impressive. And in the hallways, you you hear kids are davening, singing Mishnah, whatever. And this is where she wants to send the kids. So she comes into the office, and she's talking to Rabbi Geltzeller, and he was very, very sensitive. And, and he said, look, you know, your children, they just don't fit here. You know, and in the early grades, many of the Rebbe's are Hasidish people, they speak Yiddish. Your kids are going to flounder here. It, it, it's not the place. I want to tell you what's the best place for you, but it's not here. And she's beginning to realize he's not going to accept them. And she can't argue with him because deep down she probably knows that he's right. But the tears are coming down her eyes. And they're coming down her cheeks. And he takes a look at her tears and he said, your children are accepted. And Elon became the valedictorian. This was grade one, but he became the valedictorian in the school. And these two tzaddikim, they started Chazak. Thousands of people are influenced. All because, because he, of, let, them. he let them come in because the tears of a Yiddish mama. That's at Psachloi. Ah, that woman, the mama's tears, the mama's chinuch. I remember a story where uh, from many, many years ago <clears throat> that the family couldn't pay tuition and the mother sat with her son on the steps of the yes, school. Yes, that's every... Avi Gold's mother. Right. Of course. I wrote that many years ago. Right. That's and people think it's not true. It's a true of story. Course. A woman sat with her son until they let him into the building. Can I tell you a great story about a woman? That's I have a whole bunch of stories about women by candlelighting and by other places right. by Absachli. Because you know this woman, I'm not going to tell you who it is until the end of the story. But when oh, well, I'll tell you right in the beginning. When I went to be Menachem Mavel, Reb Ruvain, Nebuch, after right. Reb Tzinshila passed away, so I said to one of the daughters, "Tell me a great story about your mother." And I have it in the Haggadah. 
she tells me that there was a Rebbe in Staten Island, not in Rabbi Ruvay's yeshiva, in another yeshiva. He was a grade school Rebbe, and one day he was late, he was rushing. He wanted to get to school on time. He really wasn't going to get there on time. And unfortunately, he smashed into a car at a red light ahead of him. Very, very expensive car. I don't know if it was a Lexus. One of these very expensive cars. He gets out of the car. Fancy lady comes out. You know, she's not too happy. And he says, ma'am, I apologize. I know it's my fault. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I was trying to get to school on time. I will take care of everything. You know, just go to a body shop right. and Send I'll take bill. care of it. Send me the <laughs> bill. And she does that. And it's a exorbitant bill. So he says to her, look, I have a friend, a Jewish fellow, who also has a body shop. Now, would you be so kind? I'll go with you. Let's take the car there. And only if you're satisfied that, that he can do it and make it beautiful, you know, then I would ask you, you know, we should take his price because mm-hmm. I think he'll come in at a lower price. But if not, then you don't, we don't have to. And sure enough, she takes the car there and um, he gives her a lower price and she's satisfied. She feels his expertise is wonderful and she's going to give him the car. She does. Now, he calls her up and he says, look, I know that my friend, he's going to finish the car in a week. And he's got to be paid, but I told you I'm a teacher. So I don't really have the money. Would you mind laying out the money and giving him the money? And then I will pay you every month. And she said, yeah, that'll be fine. So she laid out the money for somebody she never saw before. And she paid it right away. And he paid. He paid 11 months. By the 12th month, he called her up. He said, can I come? I want to pay you personally, the last check. And he sits down and he says to her like this, ma'am, I got to ask you this. Why did you trust me? You know, like from the beginning, you've been so kind. You went to the body shop guy that I wanted. <laughs> right. you, 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 you laid out the money for somebody you never saw in your life. You let me pay over a year. Like, why'd you do this? She said, I work with Sheila Feinstein in the public school system. <gasps> and when I found out you're from her tribe, I knew I could trust you. Talk about Kiddush Hashem. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? As we went out of Mitzrayim, that's where I put it. These holy women, Mrs. Shoshana Meirov, Sheila Feinstein. And I have a whole group of, I'll tell you a story that happened, you, you go crazy. I have a story about a woman, Mrs. Bernfeld, Esther Bernfeld. She lived in Topolchani in, in Czechoslovakia. So this was during the Second World War. She had a son, Mayor Miguel, who was 22. She knew she had to get him out of Czechoslovakia. He won't remain from here. And Hans Vashomi can end up in the concentration camp, the Czechoslovakian army, it'll be awful. But during the war, there was nobody taking people anymore, not Canada, England, right. Israel, America. Everybody, well, everything was closed. There were only five South American countries that were willing to take people, giving visas. Bolivia, Paraguay, Uruguay, Peru, and Brazil. That's it. So listen to what she thinks of. It's unbelievable. She takes out her sitter, Schulzinger sitter. They were here in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. She writes a letter to the head of the company. She tells them what her predicament is. And she says, of these five countries, Bolivia, Brazil, Peru, Uruguay, and um, Paraguay, where do you sell the Bolsa Durham? Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? And he writes a Montevideo, Uruguay. And she gets a visa to Uruguay. And she says to her son, Mayor, you're going. So, Ma, where am I going? You're going to your Ma, where, who do I, I don't know anybody. She says, I don't know anybody either. You're going to the bookseller. He'll take care of you. And that's what she sent him to, to Montevideo. And she, he came to the bookseller and the guy took care of him. He got him an apartment. He helped, you know, get a job. 
all her children, grandchildren, and great-children, all for him. No Shem Titkaniyas. The Jewish mothers and grandmothers know oh, what to do. Huh? Oh, my goodness. I have a story about my mother also. Oh, my god. They know what to do, right? Pesach Kron is here. The book is entitled At the Magid Seder, Stories and Insights of Grandeur and Redemption. You can go to artscroll.com and enjoy a 15% discount if you reference us by using the promo code radio. Use promo code radio. You should always use that promo code at artscroll.com, but certainly for a Pesach Kron's book, the brand new one, you get a 15 percent discount by the way am i right or wrong yeah and i apologize again yeah, for drifting please, into all please, these into please, all these please. tangents i'm sorry yeah go ahead am i right or wrong that you went to school right here or was that a biederman i'm thinking no, a biederman. oh so yeah, he yeah, went to avenue right. b yeah you were yeah. not no, no so you no. never came to the lower east side to go no, to school no 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 where it was were always you? in Turvidas. in brooklyn yeah on wilson street then south then Bedford Avenue, the Old Masifta, then south third street oh wilson street here right over the bridge wilson yeah of course right, right 206 yeah I used to dive in there when I was saying cottage for my father. They oh, Heim Bell. Oh, I see. Yeah, they but, had they had a yeah. very fast minion over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> the old paradise. That's pretty funny. I, I, I didn't write this story about the matzah minion. I never told you that, right? Uh, that was the minion, the matzah minion. <laughs> yeah, less than eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They also called it Terach's minion because they said uh, Vayashkim Avram Baboker. So if Avram got up early, imagine his father must have really gotten up early. <laughs> Those were the two nicknames they had yeah. for it. Um, but there was a photo. That we saw from Yeshiva Taravadas mm-hmm. last week in the Flat- yes right in, in the, the Flatbush Jewish yeah, Journal right it's my graduating class that was eighth grade or yeah, high school eighth grade that was your eighth grade class right. and you had yeah. some distinguished members of oh that eighth grade goodness. class yeah very wonderful people a lot Nothing. of yeah, a lot gross. of great chevra Rabbi Eli Canary yeah, <laughs> yeah. <very> nice. <laughs> nice people my dear friend Lizzie Lou I don't know if you know from Staten Island today He's of course we know Lizzie yeah, yeah sure yeah oh his Barbara writes from here the lower of side. course. So that's right. funny. And did you, um, we just passed the yard site of Ramosha Feinstein. Did you have yes. any encounters with him ever? Yes. Yes. Could he you tell us? Trem- any? Yeah. He did me a tremendous, tremendous favor. Seriously? Tremendous. Oh, my goodness. He saved me. What happened was my father, Hashem, knew him. Yeah. And uh, I guess he had seen him at Bristol or whatever. And when I was first a mile, my father died. I was 21. I read right. about this in the beginning. And you had to support your family. Yeah, that that's point. right. My mother, my right. eight, six younger brothers and sisters. Right. And um, there was the New York Board of Rabbis. And uh, at that time, there were a lot of other Mayalim that were not interested that I should get a certificate. Right. Because like this, I could belong to hospitals, take over for my father. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they would have been, so to speak, uh, not be able to get into those hospitals. Right. You know, they couldn't get because my father was there. But now they figured this young kid, you know, will get rid of him. And Rab Moshe, uh, man, Mr. Chaim Israel, took me to Rab Moshe. Rab Moshe wrote me the most beautiful, beautiful letter that he knew my father and that people should be kind to me and that I have a future. It was so beautiful of him to do that. Very special. I mean, we're talking about a few years ago. That's right. That's right. Wow. Unbelievable. So you must think of him often. When, oh, uh, of course. I, I owe him so much. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, also, should I tell you my Chagadja thing? Yeah, but I need to do yeah, one more ahead. tangent Please, first. Please, go ahead. Because no uh, because otherwise people wouldn't say yeah. it's a real real Siegel Crone interview yeah, go if ahead. I didn't do some of this stuff. Yeah, we've got to get the sports, we, right? Exactly. <laughs> we, mentioned, we mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. I, by the way, Gedalia, I saw, Gedalia doesn't know that I saw him in his uh, Purim costume on Purim. Oh, yeah? What did he look like? He was dressed as an old man. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't realize I passed him on Grand Street. Oh, really? Yeah. What was he doing here? I assume visiting Rabbi Feinstein. Oh, I see. On Portland, oh, I yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're very. Close. I mean, that's what I assume. You know. He was coming out of my building. 
Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't dare say that yeah. you know, Rev Dovid lives in my building, but I do say <laughs> that I live in Rev Dovid's building. You know that I do say. You want to hear a funny story? Yeah, of course. I, I, uh, there was an article written once about the Lower East Side in some newspaper. So it says among the well-known residents of the Lower East Side are, are Ramosha Feinstein, <laughs> Lillian Lux, who was the Yiddish actress, yeah. and radio announcer Nahum Siegel. Yeah. I said to my kids, this is the only time you will ever see Ramosha Feinstein and Nahum Siegel in the same sentence. <laughs> Anyway, so we, we I alluded to this earlier. So now the NBA has canceled its season. I can't understand but, that, yeah. But there was a consideration, and we did see it with the Yeshiva University team, yeah. of playing without any fans in the stadium. Right, right. What is the lesson to be learned about playing a game or, or being featured without any spectators? What can we learn from that? Is there oh, anything? that's a good question. I have to think about that. Because um, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, yeah. sometimes when people aren't looking – you still need to behave the proper way. You still yes. need to play the game properly. Right. Although I imagine that it'll be televised and right, uh, filmed true. and videoed, and they've got to be an announcer. It's a different era yeah, today. Right. Now you now you can sit at home I and mean, watch all this would stuff. Would Marv Albert say yes would without he? the crowd? I don't know. <laughs> and now you can actually hear the coaches speak to the <laughs> right. players. You know, it's a totally different dynamic. That's right. Interesting. Anyways. I had read that LeBron James said that he wasn't going to play in right. front of uh, empty Yeah, he he, he wasn't into that. Yeah. Wait, that's that's amazing. The NCAA is going right. to do that. That that's incredible. Are you following Yeshiva University basketball? Because um, my staff, no, my staff really. jokes with me that I can't yeah. do an interview these days yeah. without mentioning it. Yeah, you know they're doing very well, right? No, I didn't. I you didn't, didn't hear that? No, I didn't. Twenty nine in a row. Really? Yeah, they're in the NCAA Division Three tournament right now. They're playing in Virginia this Friday. Are you kidding? Yeah, Rabbi oh, Chrome. We got to get you up to speed. Oh, By man. the way, I got to tell you one other thing yeah, before yeah. we get back to Chad. Yeah, good. Don't worry. I always joke with Rabbi Weinrib. He wrote a kinnis. Uh-huh. Rabbi Weinrub has a kiss yeah, sure, that sure. he wrote. And I always joke with him. I said, it must be terrible sitting on Purim yeah. and Pesach yeah. and Yom Kippur. And you're, all you're doing is thinking about Kiddush. It, yeah. it must be awful. And, of course, we joked yeah. about it that you right. know he's, he's completely engrossed. What's it like walking into your sukkah being completely engrossed in the Pesach <laughs> Seder? Tell me what it's like. <laughs> Am uh, I right, yeah, though? A hundred percent. I want to tell you, I think, I think that of all the books that I've written, yeah. well, I think the most pressure was with this one, and I'll tell you why. What happened was Gedalia, had sp- I had spoken to Gedalia about writing a Haggadah, right. and uh, you know he thought about it, and he said, it's a great idea, we got to do it. And then last year, probably around Shvat, my birthday is Tuba Shvat, so it was around that time, he said, okay, we got to do it. I said, you know, not for this year, you know, for next year. Right. Now, between me and you and the 100,000 people that are listening, <laughs> right, <laughs> I was going to play with him, in other words, so to speak. I was going to do this. I was going to get involved with it, write it. And, you know, it was before Pesach a few months, so I would really be into it. And I figured in the summertime, I said, listen, Gedalia, you know, I I see you could do it, but I can't do it. For next year, I'll do it, you know, for 2021. But he beat me to the punch. He called me up and he said, how's that going? I said, well, you know, it's going okay. He said, we're counting on you. I said, what do you mean? He said, we are not printing any other new Agoda besides yours, <gasps> except for Rav Steinman's. We're going to translate the Hebrew to English. Right. But that's not going to be, you know, like a bestseller, like what we expect from yours. And you've got to be ready. Well, So now you have a deadline. Uh, and not only a deadline, it's got to be ready before Purim because right. you can't sell these after Pesach. Right. right? After Pesach finished. Now, so I'm telling you, day and night, wherever I was, it was such pressure. And then to find the essence of each piece and to get the story. And, you know, of course, they want a lot of new stories, which is understandable. 
Now, some of the stories are from other Magi right. books, especially the early ones, but they fit so perfectly mm-hmm. to the piece, and so therefore I was able to use them. But the pressure to get this out before Purim So no joke, Kolomite Sukkis, you're thinking of Pesach. Oh, my, day and night, that's it. Unbelievable. People don't realize that. No. They, and But I will tell you this. Um, the editing at Art Scroll, at least the ones that they give me, Rab Nussan Sherman himself, right. and there's a woman, Mrs. Frumi Eisner, right. Frumi Eisner, are fabulous, fabulous. As a matter of fact, I once said to Nussan Sherman, listen to this. I said to him, Nussan, you know, you make, you enhance my writing so beautifully. I would be willing to write a book together, me and you, that the story is the way I give it to you oh, and man. the way you edit it, and then people would learn how to write and edit. He said, I don't want to embarrass you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the new Art Scroll facility yet? Yes, I've been there three times. Oh, you were there already? Yeah, yeah And do you have any indication of how this book is doing it? Gedalia said it's flying off the shelves. They sold 4,000, I think, in less than two weeks. And that was before Purim. That was before Purim. And now now, it's going to get serious. I hope so, yeah. And with their new machinery, they can keep up, right? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. They took me to the machinery in the back. It's monstrous. And they just... They got them out. They t- just yesterday, one of the girls there told me they're going to print another 2,000 right now. Unbelievable, right? Pesach Kron is here. He's going to tell us about Chad Gadja in a moment, right? Pesach Kron is here. Book is called At the Magid Seder. We're on Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Or by Kron, before we continue with Chad Gadja, let me just see if there are any comments on our app that are noteworthy. <laughs> Someone asked, can Rabbi Krohn give me a bracha? Hmm. Maybe you should just give a general bracha to the audience before you leave. That's not a, not a bad idea. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll give everybody who's listening a bracha that I think is the most precious bracha that a person can get. Yeah. Hashem should bless you that you should be able to fulfill your potential. Wow. Everybody has such potential. Don't listen to what your mother-in-law says about you or your sister-in-law, or your brother-in-law, who you haven't spoken to in six months. Or some of your siblings. Right. Just go with what you believe, and you have your potential. And Hashem should help you. should bring it to fruition. <sighs> Rabbi Krohn, regards from the Shapiro brothers. Oh, wow. Who, Ra- the singers? That, well, this is David, the singer's uncle. Yeah. Um, Rabbi, uh, David, rather. Uh, Rabbi Krohn, I buy one new Haggadah a year. Hound, hands down, it'll be yours. In school, Thank you. In, Thank school, you. in school, they pass over the Makos. <laughs> so happy that you focused on them. So intriguing. A healthy and happy Pesach to Thank all. You. Boy, Thank oh boy. You. Very nice. Now, and you know something, by the way, Passover. I have Pesach in Targum does not mean Passover. Pesach means, I write about that. It means to have Rachmanus. And that's why I love my name, because Pesach in the Targum means chas, to have rachmonetz. I'll shame Sheposach, that doesn't say in the Targum that God passed over, but God had rachmonetz on the Jewish people. Amazing. I love it. When we get to the end of the, of, of the Seder, it's amazing. It is Chad Gadya that's chosen to close the Seder. Right. Why? Of all the things, uh, right. we've got this unbelievable poetic poetic story going right, on right. that ends with, of course, like we're learning now, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in complete control of this world. Right. Why Chad Gadja and what could you tell us about it? Okay. So this has intrigued me and puzzled me all the years. <laughs> now, one of the things that I felt could not be was most people learn that the cat did the wrong thing, right? right. Okay. Then the dog did a good thing. The stick did right. a bad, you know, back and forth. Right. Then look what happens by Hashem. Chas comes out that the Malachim did a, a good thing and Hashem, Chas V'Shalom, you can't yeah. even say it out. So that cannot be the sequence. It doesn't make sense. 
And then a lot of the Mepharshim bring many, many different allusions for each of these things. I wasn't satisfied. I, I, I just felt that there's got to be an explanation. And then I saw something very interesting. And there's Rabbi Avraham Darshan writes that the one who wrote Hadgadya, it was written hundreds of years after the second base of English was destroyed. Okay. People were very depressed. Why? Because there was only 70 years between the first and the second base of Migdash. And now there's hundreds of years. Is Mashiach not coming? What's going on? We're waiting so long. So the Baal, the one who wrote Haggadah said, I got to write something that's going to be uplifting. It's going to show the Gula's coming. Just hang in there. And the Baal Haggadah saw it and he decided, I've got to end the Haggadah in an uplifting manner. So this has got to be very, very uplifting. How? What does it say? And then it occurred to me. Dovra Melech writes, Yimei Shana Yiseinu Bahem Shivim Shana. The average person lives 70 years. The Imbegura is, if he's strong, 80 years. Did you ever notice there's eight protagonists here? Right. The cat, the dog, the stick, the fire, the water, the cow, the sheikh, and the malcham of us. Each one is a decade in life. This is the story of mankind. Watch this. From zero to ten, a little child is like a cat. He's running around all over the place. You can't ever catch him, right? Cuddly, zee, sweet, but he's running all over the place. That's the cat. The second one, the dog, the teenager, makes a lot of noise. You ever notice? I wrote, you ever recognize a teenager? And acts like he's, they're the boss. That's right, <laughs> exactly. The bo- he's loyal to his boss. Right. He's loyal to his family, right? But he makes himself known. So that's the dog in life. They're all good. They're all different. Now, the stick to me is the stick that separates things one from the other. The age between um, 30 and 40, no, uh, no, no, 30, 30, right, 20 and 30, is when a person makes the biggest decisions of his life. Good and bad. Good and bad. Who is he going to marry? Where is he going to live? What kind of job he's going to have? That's the stick. Separating this side, bring it to him the other side. Now, here comes the fire. A guy between 30 and 40, it's a fire of life. He's got energy, a great marriage, great children. He's making money. The plateau of his plateau, physical life. Right, right, physical life. That's that's that age. That's the fire. The water, right? Okay, now so now we're at the 50, right? A 40, 50. Right. Water is sustenance. A guy who's 40 is sustaining his community financially, his family, giving advice. He is a source of vibrancy. He's a source of energy. He's a source of giving out to others. And it Just flows. Like, and, and it, it flows. flows like water, right? It's flowing. But, right. Now, between 50 and 60, a guy's beginning to slow down. The cow's not a zebra. The cow's not a leopard. He's plodding along, but he can still milk. He can still give sustenance, and he can still be very helpful, but he's not, you know, flying all over the place. The cow is, like, pretty much settling. He's beginning to settle. Now, the sheichet, which is between 60 and 70, when you think of a sheichet, you think of death, but you also think of religion. This sheichet is already more religious. People are getting more serious about life. They're beginning to think about death, but they're not possessed by it, obsessed by it. But they're still sagely and saintly, but, you know, they realize they're not going to be around forever. Now, the final stage between 70 and 80, that's the Malcham of us. A guy realizes. You never know. You never know. Could, Life, be, could it, be any minute. Could be any minute. You don't know what tomorrow brings, as we know now today. <sighs> All right. And that's the Malcham of us. But even when a person dies, Hashem is right there. Boss HaKadosh Baruch He's going to bring Tchesa Mesim. We're all coming back because you're my Chagadya. I love you. And I'm bringing you back eternally. And that's why I bought you for the two Luchais. 
you're my hot guide. That's why at each one, what does it mean? This one hits and this one can't. Mm -hmm. Because when you're 40, you'll never be 20 again. And when you're 60, you'll never be 40. That's the elimination. Not in a bad way. That's just a fact of the life. The reality. The reality. But then when you get to the end, it's not the end. That's Hashem's taking you back. For us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And he's bringing Tchias HaMesim and he's going to bring the Geula. And then you're my Chad Gadya. And that's why we always go back to the refrain. Just remember, you always were and always are and always will be Hashem's Gadya. There are certain questions I feel only I could ask you. Go ahead. Do you fear death? That's a great question. Nobody ever asked me that before. So I'll tell you. Um, I never used to. Although when I was in my 40s and my father died at 47, it says, you know, within those five years, right. you know, a person should be worried. And certainly then I was thinking about it every day. But definitely I think about it more often than I ever did before. There's no question. Um, I think that when a person is in their 70s, they begin to realize the frailty of life. You know, it's um, certain things are going on, you know, physically and mentally or whatever. And, um, and you, you know, I'll tell you something. I never said this to anybody. I said this only to my wife. The three people that I love and that I adore and that I think that are, are gifts to our Nation and to our generation, Rob David Cohen, Rob Nelson Sherman, and Roberto Wine are all in their 80s. Right. That makes me cry. That makes me cry. These are the gifts of our generation. Look what those three have accomplished. They're so great. I hear that. It's frightening. Rabbi Ruskin has said more than once to us on this show that he stopped fearing death when he had his first grandchild. Do you understand what he means by that? I guess so. I, 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 in other words, I think I, I, I understand what he's saying. And I the have, legacy is established. Yeah, right. In other words, That's he's reached comforting. a certain level. And I'll tell Baruch Hashem a million times over, I have great-grandchildren. It's hard to believe. No way. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hananias is 80. Hananias is 80. You should see how he loves his twins. My gosh, I'm going to have yeah. to make fun of Hananias now. Yeah, well... <laughs> And, you know, my daughter's a grandmother. It's, uh, wow. it's hard to believe. And by the way, and I'm glad that you just mentioned that because you're one of the few people who I think can really say it eloquently. How do we describe to how do we describe how rare it is in Jewish history to have four generations anywhere, whether it's a simcha or whether it's in your house? How do we describe to people the rarity? of Jewish history that four generations are together in the same room. Does everybody appreciate that when they get together with their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren? A hundred percent. What would my grandmother have done or yes. great-grandmother have done to have been able to enjoy that type of right. scenario? I, and I, I think, you know, we're fortunate to live in a country like America, right. you know, where the, the health and the medicine and everything is so developed. Hopefully, yeah. I, Davin, I'll tell you the truth. I told a guy yesterday, he said, wow, I never thought about that. You know what I think about Atachayin Eliyadam does? I think Hashem, I ask Hashem every day, please give some Jewish scientist or some Jewish doctor the wisdom to be able to come up with a vaccine to, to cure this terrible virus. Atachayin, Hashem has to give to us. It, it is, you know, whatever scientist it'll be, whether it'll be a Goyish fellow or not, but look at the salt vaccine. He saved millions from polio. So maybe there'll be the Goldberg vaccine, you know, or whatever, Silverstein right. vaccine. But, you know, that's what I doubt my Atachayin Eliyadam does. We need that desperately. 
And in the same Shmona we say Rafa'inu. Yes, Because we know right. who the ultimate healer is. That's right, 100%. <sighs> and if anybody would pay attention to what Rabbi Krohn had to say about the human body, yes. every single component of the human body is the most complicated machine. The right. ear, the eye, the mouth, these complicated only could have been developed by the one above. And not only that, you know what the Vilna Garden says? You take a look at this, Bir HaGros Siddur. He says, Asher Yotz has the only bracha. Well, we mentioned Kisei HaKavit. Right. We don't mention it by Matzah, not by Shefa, not by Megillah. Kisei HaKavit, that's the highest element of Kedusha in the world, and we mentioned it by Asher Yotz. That's almost embarrassing to talk about this. My great-great-grandfather. Really? We call him Sab Elio, eighth generation of the Vilna Garden. No kidding. Yeah. Not that, Ben Achar Ben, but yeah, I understand. But but he says, yeah. but he writes because even from that high place, Hashem takes care of our mundane right. matters. And you have described how those who and you were on a whole Ashiyatzer campaign, which you right. probably still are on. Right, sure. You used to give out the Ashiyatzer cards, That's right, and right. tell people to concentrate and to on stand it, stand in one place, right, stand and concentrate on right. it. Remember the story? I think I told you this story, although frankly, yeah, when, when the two of us are together, <laughs> the likelihood is you told me. But Yaichi Herzog always reminds me of this when he was a shamish for the Manchester Rove. Ah, yeah. There were guys who would stand when That's... they knew the Manchester Rove went to the men's room. Mm-hmm. They would stand outside his office because the best musr schmooze was to hear him say Ashayatzer. Unbelievable. So true. So true. I once stood next to him when he was Dominic Shimonesser. You could hear how he was talking in Yiddish. And Yaichi would describe to me yeah. how he would say a shahakal, like a uh, regular bro that we say, yeah, you know, you know how yeah. quickly we say a shahakal? <laughs> and how he would yeah. concentrate on shahakal niya bidvaro. Right. Anyway, we could do this all day, by Crone. I don't know about you, but I could certainly oh, do it all day. I love it. we got to come back and more I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, okay, a, few, a few more books, please, Rabbi Crone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm told that Gedalia's on the phone with a new assignment. <laughs> Uh, you think he'll take it easy on you now for a while or not? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen now at Arsenal? Until Arsenal's? after Pesach, please. <laughs> he'll tell you to enjoy Cholamoy, and that'll be the end of that. After once Pesach ends, you're going to get your yeah. next assignment. By the way, I want to put in a good word for your wonderful uh, manager, Miriam Wallace. She's wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah, she. Uh, I don't know if she's listening, but uh, she's very organized, and she's the one who put the whole schedule together. She is amazing, and I don't yeah. know if you heard the news or not. No. Uh, my son got engaged uh, a couple of months ago, Yosef. Yeah. The wedding's going to be in a few months. And he is engaged to Stephen and Miriam Wallach's daughter. So we, no have, we, have, a, we have a unique situation at this oh network. Oh, my goodness. By, by the way, that's a good story right there. <laughs> and the hope is going to be right here. But by that time, there will allow only 10 people. <laughs> oh, God. Please, don't give, don't give us that bracha, please. <laughs> So isn't life funny? You know what Rabbi Kanelsky said to me when, when he heard the yeah, news? Really? He said in his Russian accent, he said to me, it's amazing what the Abishter would do to get two people together. <laughs> that she works for me for eight years and they, really? and they that... end up meeting because of our family. So who is who, uh, the one who is the Shatran here? I, there is no Shatran. They met because our families know wow. each other and, you know, and we become close. Where does she over. live? I have no idea. In the five towns. Wow. So isn't that funny? I have to call and tell him Mazel Tov. Yeah. yeah, big news. Yeah, let, let her know how nice the Siegel family is, please. <laughs> I'm begging, you know, I used to joke with my son. I would when, when he was getting very serious. I said yeah. to him, uh, "So, what do you know about the family?" You know, right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know what? I, you know what? I can't get over. I got to tell you this. Yeah. It has nothing to do with our conversation, yeah. but you know, when Bloomberg was thinking of running, right. I remember the only time that I ever met him was at the, Shiva. At Shiva, right? The Steinkelach there. He was sitting right next to that me. That video. Talking. Yeah. That vi- <laughs> you know that video went crazy. I know that. I couldn't believe because it. Because of what he said at my brother's yes. Shiva. Yeah. And you were Your sitting- father's. That was my brother's Shiva. 
the the video you the, the 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 place where you 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 were at my father's shiva right but but the place that you met Bloomberg was my brother's shiva oh back in 2011 my father oh, died in 2008 uh, so that video yeah which you know the whole world right. now knows. Yeah. Uh, you were there. Yeah. Rav David Feinstein had just left. Yes. And Mayor Bloomberg just walked in. Wow. Wow. It's funny, no? Life is funny. Anyway, Rabbi Crone, I thank you. It's such an honor to be here. People so should go to, to the bookstore. Are there still bookstores out there? There's still bookstores oh, yeah. out there. People <laughs> yeah. should go to the bookstore and look for at the Magid Seder. There's also a website. Are you familiar with websites, Rabbi Crown? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you ever visit the New York Giants website or you haven't had a chance yet? I mean, you, you ever look at their roster to see how they're doing or not? Now that Eli Manning is gone, I don't know what's going to happen. That's it. You're finished uh, with them. At least for a while. And what's the Mets prospects this year? Do you find this to be a promising 2020 well, for the Mets? if they can get um, Cespedes back, you know. That That's the key, something. huh? Yeah, I think so. I'll tell you. You got to get him back. I think he's healed already, right? One, I have no idea. I'm not following the Mets. Yeah. But uh, one thing I could tell you, Cholomite Sukkis, you're not going to have to worry about the Mets. <laughs> it's usually done by June, July. As, as, I always remind, as I always remind my friend Shimon Lefkowitz, yeah. I'll call him like in August and I'll <laughs> say to him, the annual Mets championship kiddish has been postponed. <laughs> <laughs> and I ask you, when you see Shimon, do me a favor and, and help, help me pile it on if you don't mind. Oh, you can't. You're a Mets fan. I can't, no, okay. I can't ask you to do that. Uh, right, Pesach Krohn does know that there's a website. It's called artscroll.com, artscroll.com. And every one of Rabbi Krohn's books are on that website. It could be the books you wrote 20 years ago. It could be the books you just completed right. now. And that, I don't even know if we ever spoke about it, The Glittering World of Chesed. Do you have that book? How long ago did that come out? A year, year and a half ago. Why did you visit us at that point? Okay, time? I will send it to you and we'll do that. We should do a separate interview yeah, on that book. Yeah, of course. Book. I'll send it to you. Send it right here. I appreciate that. And what's the zip code he has? I'll make sure you get you it. You know the zip code uh, here. Do I? I think so. <laughs> the zip code is 1002. <laughs> now anybody who wants to send this snail mail knows how to do that. <laughs> I think this might be the first time in a 35-year career I ever gave our zip code on the air. How do you like that? Okay. <laughs> the book is called At the Magid Seder. Go to artscroll.com. Check it out. Go to your, uh, go to your, put it in your cart. Go to check out and use the promo code radio. It saves you 15%. Already. A well worth it book, and 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 imagine you're offering a fifteen percent discount if they use the promo code oh, radio. Shit. I mean, you want this in every house. You want this in every house for the Pesach Seder. I Simple hope so. That. I hope so. Rabbi Krohn, a chag kosher v'sameach. Thank you so and much. And we should really have a happy and healthy Amen. Pesach right. this year for everybody. Achenu be Yisrael and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. My thanks to Rabbi Krohn. Go to artscroll.com, enjoy the discount with promo code radio, and make sure to enhance... Your Pesach Seder with this amazing book at the Magid's Seder. My thanks to Yoni Pollock. He served as videographer this morning for Facebook Live. Go to Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You could watch that video forever. Could you imagine the conversation I just had with the right crone will be available forever uh, at... Um at uh, at the facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. That's right. You can hear about Crone's comments about the Mets even years from now and see if his predictions came true or not. Um, and I thank our friends at Artscroll for uh, helping us get Rabbi Crone into our studio this morning and making sure there was no bris to interfere with his schedule.
But there's a bris later today? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Uh, more coming up. We'll speak to you during the live lunch later today. And, of course, tomorrow, Malcolm Honeline with our weekly update and plenty more for a Friday, JM in the AM. Till then, Malcolm Single reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.